I'm Claudia Reuter, and this is the third season of The 43%. The world looks really different today than it did two seasons ago. I mean, let's face it, the world looks really different today than it did two weeks ago. The identities we've built for ourselves, for work and for parenthood, are suddenly and completely blurring. Some of the women that I speak with this season have always lived in this middle ground. Some are navigating the space for the first time, but every one of them will help us work through what's becoming an increasingly urgent question. How do we bring our whole selves to work? Being a doula, I've realized talking with clients how lonely motherhood can be sometimes or isolating. And there's a lot of questions that come up that you might feel silly asking and being like, hmm, is this normal? Is this not? I don't want to be judged. I don't know who I can ask, you know? And so I just wanted to start a podcast where we bring really crunchy people on and some really medical people on. And it's like, I want you to know both sides so you can make the best informed decision for yourself and your family. That was today's guest, Elizabeth Presta. Elizabeth is the host and creator of the podcast, Miraculous Mamas and a doula. She's currently expecting a baby, and in our conversation, she shared what it's like navigating the world of COVID while pregnant. Elizabeth described the impact it's had on her work as a doula, and she also opened up about her fascinating career pathway, which has included journeys to Thailand, Africa, and an experience on reality TV. She also talked about the reasons for starting her own podcast. I loved getting to know Elizabeth, and I'm sure listeners will too. Hey, Elizabeth, thanks so much for joining the 43% today. It's such a crazy time, right, with um, the worldwide pandemic and everything happening. How are you doing? Are you, I'm assuming you, like me, you're probably inside and dealing with everything that's going on. Yeah, I mean, I'm dealing okay with it. I didn't realize how much of an introvert I was until all of this. So um, not too much change. It's just I'm not working as a doula right now because of the pandemic. So it's really hard to not be there for women in labor who really wanted to have a doula by their side. Can you share a little more about what the doula experience is like? I know you have, you know, a a really amazing story and I can't wait to hear more about it. But first, like, let's cover what, um, what it means to be a doula for those who don't know. Yeah. So a doula is a labor expert. It comes from a Greek word meaning a woman's servant. So essentially we're there to serve you throughout your birthing experience. Uh, doulas are trained to emotionally and physically support a woman throughout labor and delivery. And we come equipped with the emotional knowledge. It's such a, an emotional roller coaster. And the physical knowledge, too, different birthing positions and techniques. And having a doula, you go through the process of coming up with a birth plan and figuring out your options. But what I always say with the birth plan, too, is it's not so much to create this experience that you want to have because birth can be really unpredictable, but it's a tool to educate you. And the more informed you are going into labor, the more empowered you feel. And having a doula present, that's the one person that's in your room that's not going to leave your side the entire time. Your nurses have several patients. Your doctors or midwives have several patients if you're at the hospital. And the doula is there constantly for you, encouraging you, being there for you, making sure that you're comfortable and you feel emotionally reassured. But you're you're also pregnant yourself, right? I am. Yeah, I am. I'm 20 weeks. Are you 
having a normal experience like going in or you know how what what's that like right now yeah it's definitely different um like at the beginning of the pregnancy my husband he would come to my appointments now nobody's allowed with you um and i feel like the hardest thing i guess we've really had to deal with was for the 20 week anatomy scan um that is in the hospital. Most of the centers around here, those are in the hospitals and your partner's not allowed to come either. And my husband and I have talked so much during the pregnancy because he's like, you're the one who gets to like, he's like, I will never understand what your body's going through. And I feel like it's really hard for fathers, especially first time dads to connect even after the baby's born. And so anytime we find an opportunity to try to connect, we can. And being able to go in and hear the baby's heartbeat together. And and we were so looking forward to this 20 week scan together so that he could see the baby and, you know, be a part of it. And then finding out your partner can't come. I cried. (laughs) But um, Being a doula too. How does, how does that factor into the experiences you're having right now? Like what are, what are you experiencing that may be different from people who haven't had the experience of a doula before? Well, I feel like I'm, I feel quite a bit at ease with most of it because being a doula, you study and you research so much. And I've studied labor and read so many books. So I feel like when it comes to birthing, I really don't have a lot of fear surrounding it. So I feel like since that's off the table, like there's no added fear to the experience right now, which is nice. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, we have talked about all of our options and what we would like to do I'm due at the end of August and it's like, okay, if this is still going on, do we want to go to a hospital to have the baby where there are cases and we're so limited here, excuse me, in the Chicago area, there's not really any birth centers. Um, I know some places have great freestanding birth centers, which is an awesome option, but we don't have any of those here. So it's basically, you can do a home birth or a hospital birth. And right now, because of everything happening, the home birth community is booming. So many women are choosing home birth now. Um, But a lot of women are choosing not to even go with a midwife to do an unassisted birth. As a doula, I just highly don't recommend that. I think birth 99% of the time is beautiful and amazing. And, you know, you might not need somebody there, but like, having a midwife or somebody who's trained in it, it's so important. And I even had somebody ask me, well, you're a doula and we can get into what even that means. But as a doula, I don't do anything medical. So somebody was like, well, could you attend my birth? And I was like, I'm not unassisted, not, you know, if you're not having a midwife there, I do not feel comfortable going at all. Like, because it's really important to have some, a medical professional there with you. So it is, women are, I mean, they're scared. It's, it's a definitely a hard time to be pregnant and to, you know, think, well, if I'm going to the hospital, what happens, you know, if this and that, but also I know a lot of the hospitals, the one that I work at as a doula, they're taking such like careful measures to like, if you're on the labor and delivery floor, you're not going to any other floors and nobody else is coming to yours. And they're not before, if they would go down and go to the ER, like they're not crossing those borders at all. Like they're being so careful. The labor and delivery area here hasn't had any coronavirus cases, which is really reassuring. 
And they're just, they're being so like taking all the extra added steps to make sure that you are safe. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I didn't have a doula and listening to you, I wish I had had one. <laughs> so how, how did you get to this point? I know you have, um, you know, a really interesting background and you've got your own podcast and you've, you've been out in the, the world in a number of different ways. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about your background, like how you got to the point where you are right now. I started becoming interested in being a doula probably in 2011. And my older sister had four at-home water births. So I started looking into, I remember I was in college when she had her first one. It was probably, it was 12 years ago. And I did a paper on home birth versus hospital birth. And I just started doing a bunch of research. And it just got me super passionate about wanting to be there for women. And so in 2012 is when I took my first doula course and I never fully pursued it until the last couple of years. And the reason why I have dove so much into it, I just really feel like I found my calling in it because in the United States, we have one of the highest maternal death rates compared to all the other high income nations. We have a higher maternal death rate than even lower income nations. Like we actually do have a birthing crisis going on here in America. And it's, that's why I get so passionate about it because the statistics when you have a doula present change that. So, so some insurances, some places where there's Medicaid, they're now covering doulas because they're realizing the value. When you have a doula present, you're 28% less likely to get a C-section. You're way more likely to have a good birthing experience. You're let, you're more likely to going to spontaneous labor and and not have an induction that may lead to other medical interventions. And so they're seeing the value. And so why is that? How does that work during the process? Is it that the doula is just so tap, like tuned in to what the mom to be really needs or what like what's the dynamic there that makes that possible? It's such a combination because when you have a doula you're usually working with them beforehand. So again, you're getting education and resources and you feel empowered knowing that you have options. You, there are certain things you can refuse and knowing the threshold when it is an emergency and, and when you need to be like, okay, we need to do this now and knowing when, when that is. And also um, feeling empowered to find a good provider. That's probably one of the biggest things that I talk about is if you have to find somebody who's on board with your plan. Uh, you have to find somebody who practices informed consent, who's not going to use scare tactics, who you know is if you want to have a natural birth, they're on board with that. But you also know that they're there if you need anything else. Um, and my job as a doula is never to speak to the doctor on the client's behalf, ever. So I help the client make good decisions for themselves that they're going to look back and feel feel good about. So um, having a doula present is just kind of empowering the mom to um, to take ownership in her birth and make sure birth isn't happening to her, but she's actually a part of the birthing experience. And are you in this kind of world that we're in right now? I know you can't be going to the hospital with folks right now. Are you doing any like virtual doula work right now? We're offering it. So I am currently, so I'm employed by a group here. And because of everything going on, only one person's allowed in the room and they can choose a doula or their partner. And I know for me, I would choose my husband to be there. And that's what 
most people are doing, right? And that we are offering virtual support, but we're not being taken up on it as much as I would like. Like I would love for more people to to reach out if they really feel like they need it. I know it might feel a little weird, but um, we're also offering online support beforehand, helping developing your birth plan, or if you have any questions, I'm always open if anybody listening ever has any questions to reach out. Um, I just love talking to women about that. So, I mean, I would love to offer more virtual support. I just feel like maybe people feel weird, like FaceTiming you while they're in labor. I'm not I sure. We're all kind of catching up to this new world too. Like it's everything has been happening so quickly. Um, it, I know it doesn't feel that way in some sense because it's only it's been a couple of weeks and we're kind of getting into the groove on all what's happening. But at the same time, it's like every every day there's different guidance and different regulations. And um, so maybe it's just people haven't caught up yet. But you also have a podcast um, that, you know, I was lucky to be on last, I think it was last year now or a couple months ago. Um, can you share a little bit? How, when did you start that? And, and you know, what is what is your mission with that, with the podcast? Uh, I started Miraculous Mamas a little over a year ago. And the purpose behind it is to empower and educate women through storytelling and through bringing experts on. And I really just want it to be an information platform or just even a place for women who are trying to conceive or new moms, or even if you're, you have older kids, just to not feel alone. I feel like being a doula, I've realized talking with clients how lonely motherhood can be sometimes or isolating. And there's a lot of questions that come up that you might feel silly asking and being like, hmm, is this normal? Is this not? I don't want to be judged. I don't know who I can ask, you know? And so um, I just wanted to start a podcast where we bring on people in different fields to share their expertise and just moms to share uh, their birth stories or their experiences. And for women just to really come together, we have a Facebook community that's awesome and people really love and support each other in there, which is awesome because I know sometimes in mommy groups it can get ugly, which is really sad, but you know that everyone's trying trying their hardest and, and trying to be the best for their children. So with the podcast, that's really just what I wanted to do is is have an inclusive mommy podcast that um, can be a resource. And, and not every episode is going to be for everyone. I've had some really crunchy people on and some really medical people on. And it's like, I want you to know both sides so you can make the best informed decision for you, yourself and your family. And it's it's awesome. And I remember, you know, at one point being in a Lamaze class or something and there were, you know, probably seven or eight women. We were all very pregnant and getting, you know, our guidance on what we needed to do when the moment came and all that stuff. And I just remember like kind of looking around the room and being like, this is the motherhood is the great equalizer. Like, why do we ever pass judgment on each other? Because we're all having, I mean, we all experience it in different ways, but we're all, it's, it's the one like unifying experience that everybody has at some, or a lot of people have at some point. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Do you ever struggle with finding toys for the little ones in your life that they will think are cool, but will also educate them at least a little bit? 
I have nine nieces and nephews who are absolutely adorable, but young enough that I really want to delight them with exciting gifts. That's why I'm so excited to get the best of both worlds for them with Little Passports. Little Passports is a subscription box full of toys and games for children of all ages that educate and entertain. The Little Passports box is delivered right to your door every month, and each package contains exciting, hands-on learning for kids ages 3 and up. Feed their inner scientists with the Science Expeditions Pack, which is full of cool experiments to try. You can even make your own slime. Or learn about what makes every state so great with the USA Edition subscription. There are even boxes for the younger ones that are right for their learning levels. And Little Passport Subscription Box is award-winning and has the parent-tested, parent-approved seal. For just $12.95 per month, there's tons to explore right from your own home with Little Passports. And just for our listeners, Little Passports is offering 15% off the price of any subscription. That means your child could be flying rockets or looking through a microscope in no time. Or if you're an aunt and uncle, you'll just be pretty excited to deliver. Use offer code 43% at checkout for 15% off your order today. That's 43-P-E-R-C-E-N-T at littlepassports.com. Working from home? Stay healthy, focused, and energized with fresh, delicious meals delivered straight to your door from Sakara. Sakara is a nutrition company that believes wellness begins with what you eat. Their signature nutrition program brings the transformational power of plant nutrition to your home in the form of fresh, plant-rich, ready-to-eat meals. Made with organic ingredients and powerful superfoods, each meal is expertly designed to boost immunity, improve energy, support gut health and digestion, and get skin glowing. From hearty salads and nutrient-dense granolas to savory flatbreads and seasonal fruit parfaits, their ever-changing menu of creative, chef-crafted meals makes clean eating delicious. All of Sakara's meals are 100% plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free, and non-GMO. In addition to their delicious meals, Sakara also offers daily essentials like supplements and herbal teas to complete your wellness routine and support overall health and vitality. To boost immunity, try their best-selling daily probiotic blend or detox water drops with pure chlorophyll. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their order when they go to sakara.com slash 43 or enter 43 at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash 43 to get 20% off your order. Sakara.com slash 43. Um, so, you know, you, you've just, you've got this amazing story where you're, you've got a podcast that's telling really important stories that I think really resonate with a lot of people. Um, you've got a baby on the way, you're a doula. Am I right that you were also on The Bachelor at one point too? <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. What was the, like, so what led you into that experience? Cause I think it's something a, a lot of people, you know, we're all like, oh, how does someone end up there? That looks so interesting. Like, how does that even come together? Yeah, well, um, I had kind of landed into the experience because um, 
someone who I'd been friends with for a long time. Um, I was at her wedding and I'd met someone there and then that person ended up being the bachelor. So um, we had met almost a year prior and um, I was just at a place in my life where I was ready to like find someone, settle down. And I'm like, what the heck? Like this works for some people, I guess, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Like I might as well try it out. And so I decided to go and it was honestly like the craziest experience for me because I didn't realize how ruthless reality TV is. And uh, like one of the head producers, like when I got there, I was like, man, I just don't know if I should be here. And he's like, listen, like it's not going to be about anything that happened in the past. Like we think you guys could actually be a a good match, but then they completely twisted it. And like, it was, once I got there, I was really uncomfortable actually and wanted to go. And so when, when I got sent home, I actually had told the guy on the season two, I was like, I don't feel a connection with you. Like, (laughs) Like, there's no point in me being here. But they don't air any of that. You know, they make it look like they dubbed words in that I never even said. And they made me look like this crazy person. And um, and it, they made it look like he sent me home. And, you know, and it was more of like a mutual agreement for me to go home. And so it was just, it was a really crazy experience. <laughs> like, they're, they're, they already have like a in a way, they have like a story they want to fit people into, and then they're exactly yeah. They needed me for a story, so it was um, the aftermath was hard because when it started airing months later, um, you know, I was shown like a crazy person, and I got a lot of hate mail. I got people like messaging me horrible things, and you know, calling me all sorts of like slut shaming terms and things like that. And, um, and I had met, I, at that point, my husband and I started dating and his family loved me. And then the bachelor came out and they're like, wait a second, who's this crazy person? (laughs) And I'm like, I swear that's not me. (laughs) Yeah. But my husband didn't watch it. He's like, I'm not going to watch an edited version of you. Like I know who you are. So, um, so that was rough. I mean, there was definitely some good that came out of it. I mean, I have a platform now where I get that I get to use for good and and get to share my passions on. So, so that's really good. And I made a couple of good friends, but it's definitely something I would never ever do again. <laughs> it, well, I it was I was talking to someone recently um, who had been not on The Bachelor, but involved in another, you know, made for you know, like documentary slash reality kind of show. And he, he was like, I don't even want to talk about it because it, he was painted as sort of like a villain in it. And it was just to your point, fitting people into, you know, just, you know, a storyline that already existed that isn't actually you, the person. So, um, it's okay. I can laugh about it, but I actually did have nightmares like for a while and it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, but I I honestly feel like I, it would have been worse if I didn't already have a sense of self and who I am. And like, and I just have such amazing friends and family who love and support me. And they're like, you know, they know who I am and they didn't pass any judgment on me. And, um, and so I feel like 
being secure in who I was, was like vital for that situation. Because if I wasn't, I feel like I would have been a train wreck after. <laughs> you, you've had this really, you know, this interesting set of experiences. You've got a podcast, you've got, you know, you're a doula. If you could go back in time, like, is there anything that any advice you would give your younger self or anything that you would change um, that led you to where you are today? I think sometimes people get really caught up, at least in my experience, there's a lot of people get caught up in sort of like very linear career paths. Like I have to do this and then I'll do the next thing and this will lead to why. And it's always interesting to hear people's stories who maybe things took a wavy road or things were a little different. And, you know, what, what advice you would give your younger self on that journey? Yeah. Oh, man. I took a huge wavy road. Um, Like I never really finished college. I got certified to teach English in Thailand, which was a cool experience. And then, I mean, I at one point quit my job and booked a one-way ticket to Africa. And I backpacked and hitchhiked around and just did a lot of crazy things that if I have a daughter who does them, I'll be freaking out, but I don't regret it. (laughs) So, um, but I mean... I I feel like if if I would have changed anything I wouldn't be where I where I am, you know, and and I think just I think that there's definitely some things that I experienced that maybe I didn't have to, but again, it was like part of a journey and part of healing and part of figuring out who I am. So I think just during, I feel like my single years, just reminding myself, like, it's okay to be alone. And that, like, patience is totally worth it when you're waiting for the one. Mm. And, you know, just hearing some of the experiences you just briefly described. So what led you to Thailand? I had always wanted to go there. And it was actually a breakup, as was my trip to Africa, a different breakup. (laughs) But um, I was like, you know what, I want to go to Thailand. So I booked this trip, I booked this course to take this certification to teach English overseas and um, just took off for a few months. And um, Thailand's still one of my favorite places. I've been there four times and it's, it just gets better each time. So um, yeah, and it's, it was, I just always heard really good things about it. And even now, like it's such a family friendly destination and there's so much culture and the people are so friendly and the food's amazing. So I just highly recommend it to anyone who's interested. Yeah. And you went to Africa. So when you're now in this this current kind of lockdown situation we're in, and I think a lot of people are debating, you know, how much should we travel? Where should we go? You know, um, do you do you see it? Do you see yourself still traveling and, you know, in the next couple of years and, you know, bringing your family with you and going around the world like that? Or are you feeling a little more ready to stay in one place and kind of get cozy at home for a while? Um, no, I think that will forever adventure. Um, that's that's one thing that that we talked about a lot because my husband's traveled quite a bit, but I just told him like. I had craved roots for quite a while because I had moved around a lot and now I'm feeling very rooted. I'm feeling very grounded in where I'm at, but I've always just had such a love for experiencing culture and people and just the different foods and everything and, and nature. So we've talked a lot about 
like what we want to do when we have kids. We actually, <laughs> we got this really cool um, van that we're converting into a travel van. Um, that's, yeah, old school. So we'd love to like take that around and even just visit all the national parks in the States. And I think that we'll continue to, to always go do stuff. Um, but I do, I do love having a home now and feeling grounded. Like I'm, it's about, I'm just sprouting some vegetables to put in a garden. And like, I love things like that and feeling very grounded and at home. And I think I never knew how much of a routine I needed. Like, do you have like um, a morning ritual or what is, what is the day like for you? Yeah. I mean, I feel like being pregnant's definitely thrown it off a little bit um, because sleeping for me has been really, really rough the entire pregnancy. But now like with the quarantine, especially I make sure that I get out Every single day, I take my dog for walks, one or two walks a day, get outside. Even if it's 30 degrees outside, I take him out, get fresh air, and um, do some stretches, try to make sure I'm getting some healthy food in, either make a smoothie or drink a green juice every day so that even if everything else I eat isn't perfect, I'm like, well, at least I did this, you know? So I think it is kind of a finding that balance and just, just doing your best and and trying to be intentional. Um, but one thing at night that I really try to work on is at a certain time, just before I get ready for bed or anything, I put my phone away. I don't look at it before bed and that I feel like helps me a lot. Um, just to not do work in bed is what I'm trying. Like if I wake up in the morning, don't check your emails in bed on your phone, get out of bed. And, and then go do stuff. That That's advice I need to follow because I sometimes find like I'll even fall asleep and I can like see the imprint of my phone with my eyes closed, you know, and I know <laughs> yeah. like, I need to get off this thing. But I think it's also really, um, you know, a lot of people have talked about the importance of gratitude and, um, you know, in, in your day. And it's interesting that you wrap that into every morning, you know, are you specific about like the things you're grateful for, or are you just generally grateful for the whole, you know, what's ahead? Like, how do you frame that for people who maybe haven't incorporated that into their routine? Yeah, I would say, I mean, if you haven't incorporated it in, I would start by, in order to make it a habit, every morning, write down three things you're grateful for. And it could be the same three things every single day. It doesn't matter. Um, but but then you do start to notice other things. You know, I'm thankful for my health, my home, my family, you know, and then you notice, you start to like notice other things. But it also just helps you appreciate that so much more. And especially in a time like this, just put everything into perspective. So I would say definitely um, do the little gratitude journal routine. You can look it up, but write down a few things every morning that you're grateful for. And and um, and also think like somebody had this idea and I thought it was really good. Have like a gratitude jar for your family. If something amazing happens, write it down, throw it in the jar. And then at the end of the year, you can look back on all the amazing things that you were grateful for that happened that year. And I think that's an awesome way to be like, wow, 2020 was awesome. Like this happened, this, you know, and looking back and and not being like, oh, well, we didn't get to go outside for a couple months, you know, but but what we did get to do is connect with our family more and learn something new, you know, and just focusing on those things. 
Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for making the time to share, um, you know, your experiences, what you're doing now. And, you know, I'm just so excited for you and what's next in your journey. And um, really looking forward to hearing more about what happens next on your next adventures and where you guys go and really wishing you the best um, in the months ahead with your new baby on the way. Thank you so much. We're so excited too. And, and thank you again for having me. That's it for this time, but we'll be back next week for another conversation with another inspiring woman. If you could take just a minute to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to hear these stories. If you're anything like me, you're really concerned about your kid's education right now and are probably navigating being a homeschool parent and a full-time employee at the same time. I found that podcasts are a really great resource for kids just as much as they are for adults. That's why I want to recommend another podcast from Wonder Media Network called Encyclopedia Womanica. Encyclopedia Womanica is a daily podcast about women from history. Every weekday, host Jenny Kaplan dives into the trials, tragedies, and triumphs of this diverse group of groundbreaking women. And the best part is each episode is only five minutes long. The bite-sized episodes pack painstakingly researched content into fun, entertaining, and addictive daily adventures. You and your kids may not already know these women, but you definitely should. Subscribe to Encyclopedia Womanica wherever you get your podcasts today. The 43% is produced by me, Claudia Reuter, and the whole team at Wonder Media Network. Our executive producer is Jenny Kaplan. You can find The 43% wherever you listen to podcasts and on our website at the43percent.com. Thanks again for listening and have an awesome week.